Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. We're back. Number three. Oh, yeah. Number three. Thanks for coming back to Death Before Booze. I'm Sam. I'm Jen. Who's going first this week? Oh, am I? Oh, you go first. Yeah. Are you so are you like a team death type of type of story? Team death. Yeah. Well, like Team Death, because you, you've done true crime stuff the past couple, and I've done, like, you know, buoy type of stuff, like paranormal. Like Team Boo! Yeah! Oh, my God! <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, Put it on a t-shirt! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm totally going to do that. Yup. Yep, it's it. happening. Find our merch at Check our website. The merch. <laughs> Go Fair. on our website, click the merch tab, and it'll be there. Doing team booze. I have to say, normally I think nine out of ten times I would be like more ghosty, like team booze. Since I am so into like ghosts and spirits and all that creepy stuff, like researching murder stuff has been pretty cool. And like the other side, I've been having a good time with it. I'm not gonna lie, but it's funny because I am the same way. I'm usually the true crime queen, and then the past couple ones, paranormal, cryptids, and I'm like, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. So it's just different. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm ending for today my, my team death spree. I am a team booze today. I guess a, the two of us can be considered team sinister because we just like everything. We like everything. We just like sinister shit. That that sounds good to me too. I'm gonna put that on a shirt too. <laughs> <laughs> for the ones who can't pick. Yeah, it's a little both. Okay, so I have to put a trigger warning on this. So we have the disclaimer. Yeah, this one I'm definitely putting a trigger warning on. So have you ever heard of Robert the doll? Um, I feel like you've mentioned him, but I have not. I am absolutely positive that I have mentioned him because I love this (laughs) story. So trigger warning, if you're not cool with the haunted dolls, if you've ever heard it, ever seen a thing about a haunted doll, Dallas, stop listening now. But make sure you fast forward to when Jen's part is. Don't forget. Or forget. It's fine. <laughs> no, don't forget. We need the download. Here we go. So who is Robert the doll? Robert is a 117-year-old doll. He was made in 1904. He's made of fabric and straw from huh. Germany. He was made by the Steriff Company. And he probably honestly wasn't supposed to be a doll. Like, I think he was supposed to be, like, in a display. For other dolls. Oh. Okay, so this is a 40-inch doll. So three foot four. Size of a three to four-year-old child. That does kind of seem like it would be a display. That's how big this is. Right? Yeah. I read something about it being like a clown or a jester or something like that. Like part of a huge display. And his grandfather. So this grandfather guy found it over in Germany. said, I need that for my grandson. He just needs this doll. And they went, okay. And they bagged it up. 
brought it back to America and now we have Robert the doll. Great, great. Okay, so he's dressed in a little sailor outfit, probably to match the gifty, right? I'll get into it a little bit more in a second. So he's wearing a little sailor outfit and he has his own teddy bear or a stuffed doll, dog thing like that he holds. You have to go on the you want Yeah, to I'm going to I'm going to look, look at pictures. it because I, I don't he's... I don't like what you're telling me right now. No. So <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like my it. size oh my. like picture like the Barbie that we used to have when we were kids like my size Barbie yeah, and like wear the, her clothes and, and with the hair and you could do Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, so picture that but a little boy and it's got a sailor outfit and a fake dog. Okay. Oh, I don't like um, this. I don't. No. I don't. <laughs> I don't, do, I don't, don't like I don't even, I only just saw a glance of, a, of what he looks like. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. The face is weird. The face is weird. I mean, I would never tell him he has a weird face because I don't freaking want him to follow me home. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. As long as you're not driving, make sure you go to deathbeforebooze.com and check our blog so you can see all these pictures. <gasps> he is considered to be the most haunted doll in the world. Not the U.S., not, you know, the world. Cool. Um, currently, he resides at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. So go visit him. Oh. Go say hi. Yeah. So you can still go see him. He's still there. Um, let's talk about the legend super quick. So the first story I ever heard about him, was they, the Otto family, um, they had a maid who was practicing voodoo. Oh, and that's the always parents good. found out. Yeah. So the, par- <laughs> the parents found out and were like, yeah, we don't like this. You're discharged. <laughs> like, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> I'm not really sure if she was a maid or a nursemaid or like a nanny, an au pair, whatever she was. But supposedly she was really close to their son, Eugene, whose name was Robert Eugene Otto. This is the son. And they all called him Gene. And she got fired and was like, oh, here, Gene. Here's a nice doll. It looks just like you. If he looks like that, that's terrifying. That's a terrifying <laughs> child. I'm sorry. Oh a terrifying child. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not what happened. So the grandfather was over in Germany. The kid's birthday was coming up. He was turning eight. And the grandfather brought it home and gave it to him as a gift. Okay. Not as spooky, but, you know, still... That's that's the story that I think makes the most sense. Probably. Um, Everyone likes to go the voodoo route anyway, so. Everybody loves that. Yeah. Every Okay, so Robert Eugene Otto named Robert the doll for himself. So everybody kind of called him Gene, like the kid Gene. And so they named the doll Robert, and that's how they, like, deciphered them. Gotcha. Like, that was the split, because the child named it Robert. Gotcha. So... Quickly, Gene became absolutely obsessed with this doll. Had to go everywhere with him. He had to hold it in his hand all the time. He would talk to it. It would talk back. Like audibly talk back. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, And it started getting to a point where he had to ask the doll permission for things. So if his mom was like, okay, we're going to the market now. He'd like kind of look at the doll and be like, is it okay that I go with my mother? Who birthed me into this world. Yeah. Fucking weird. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of people were like, it's totally normal to see kids play with their toys and talk to them and like be excited and want to have like their comfort toy with them. That makes total sense. Right. It does not make sense that when the child whispers to the doll, 
the doll talks back like this. That's not cool. Yeah, does like the, does deep, the mom hear it? Does the mom heard it? The dad what? heard it. Servants heard it. Fucking light it. On Everybody fire. heard this. Don't light, light it on that. fire. <laughs> I actually wrote that somewhere. I put burn it. No, nope, burn it. That's burn what I wrote in my notes. Burn, burn it to it. the ground. I'm so sorry about my dog barking. Somebody's trying to get their uh, steps in and then just keep walking back and forth in front of my house. Yeah. So like at bedtime, they'd put Jean to bed and all of a sudden they'd hear this big commotion, furniture moving, shit getting thrown around. Like, you know, oh my God, what's happening? They'd go in the room. The room would be shambles and the kid would be curled up in the middle of the bed going, Robert did it. The fuck Robert did it. And we still didn't burn it. Still didn't burn him. Don't know what happened. I don't like this. I know. Some of the house staff would comment that the doll seemed to watch them. And it wasn't uncommon to hear footsteps and see the doll in different places than when you just saw it. Or hear giggles around corners. Most of the serving staff in their house quit because of Robert the doll. They're like, here's your exit interview. What happened? How can we be better? Yeah, get rid of the dog. After all these different things happening, Robert's aunt came over and was like, I know how we're going to fix this. We're going to put the doll in the attic. It's a fucking doll. Who cares? Put it up in the attic. And allegedly, they found her dead body the next day. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. She's in the attic dead? No, they found her at her house dead. But it was like the day after she put Robert in the attic. Now, she was an older person. I, I don't. Mean, she could have just been older and passed in her sleep. Very, yeah, but that's a lot sleep. of convenient things. And- so it definitely yeah. gave Jean's parents pause. They were like, ooh, that was weird. And oh then God. when they started hearing little feet, you know, up in the attic all night long, shit moving around in the attic. They're like, why don't we just bring him back down here so nothing bad happens to us? So they give the doll back to Jean. And they are best friends forever. They hold hands, they do whatever, you know, everybody's a little creeped out, but they're like, all right, whatever. Everybody's kind of creeped out by this doll. They're like, all right, but we're going to let, just let him be, let him live his life. Let the kid Give live his life with anything he wants. Give the doll anything he wants. We're not going to bother him anymore. Just, it's fine. So years go by, the same little things happen here and there. You hear the footsteps, the giggling, like it never went away, but they all kind of learned to tolerate it. Yeah. Gene grows up. He moves out for a little while, meets his wife, gets married in Paris in oh, 1930. No. So gorgeous. So great. Oh, no. Unfortunately, his parents died. So then they decided we're going to move back into the family home. Oh, no. Guess who's at the family home? Oh. God, guess. It's Robert. It's He's just doll. sitting there waiting for him. So excited. But, but the doll was okay with him getting married. Like that was okay. To be honest, I really didn't ask him. I, so I, <laughs> I mean, that's why I just immediately got like, oh, he got married. That's not good because then it's like someone's taking him away from him. But I guess he was fine with that. As well, long I mean, as... he came back to the house. So maybe, yeah, that's like, true. Robert knows. I don't know how that part worked. So they move back into the house. There's Robert. And, you know, Gene goes right back to how he used to be, carrying Robert around. Robert has to be in the room with him. They're best friends. They still chit-chat. They still talk. They have their little secrets. You still hear a voice. You still hear giggling. You still hear the little footsteps. No, thanks. And Annette goes, hey, Gene, we've been married for, like, a couple years now, right? 
How about we put the doll away? I think you're a grown ass man. You could put the doll away. It's okay. I'm here. You're here. We're going to put the doll away. My God. So Gene reluctantly agrees, but builds his own bedroom in the attic. You know what? Good for him. Good. Put him up there. He'd go up there and visit him. He'd hang out with him for a couple hours and he'd come back downstairs and hang out with Annette and everybody was happy. You know, you'd still hear giggling and running around in the attic, but it wasn't malicious. He wasn't coming downstairs. He was hanging out. Everybody was living very harm, like harmoniously. They were all very happy. Passers by could see Robert moving throughout the house. So he was supposed to be up in the attic, but you'd see him in a bedroom window. Oh, so he got out of the attic. No he thanks. Let himself out of the attic. No, no he let thank himself you. out of the attic. Mm-mm. Sometimes Gene would bring him downstairs. He'd hang out in the studio. So the studio is up like the front part of the house where people walk by on the main street. Okay. And you can still see this house. It's a bed and breakfast right now. It's the cutest little thing. I was on their website today. But where his studio was, it was on the main front part of the house. So it's on the main street. So kids walking to and from school would see the doll in one window and they'll look down, look forward, and the doll would be in the window following them as they were walking through the house. I, like I as they really... were walking past the house. Cute, right? Gene grew up to be a renowned artist, even though he had his own like little eccentricness to it. He did design instead of his own gallery at the Forest Fort East Martello Museum. That's where Robert's now living. Gene passed away in his childhood home in Key West in 1947, and Robert stayed with the house. Annette lived there for a few more years, and once, you know, she was getting to the point where it's like, "Eh." she asked the house staff, can you please put Robert in a cedar chest, back up in his bedroom, and lock the door? And they did. And that's where he was supposed to stay. So Annette passes away the house gets sold somebody buys the house oh the chest is still in there the chest is in the house so in between <laughs> here's a quick little anecdote in between the house like annette dying and the house being sold a reporter malcolm ross came in with one of gene's friends okay and he was writing art he was writing an article not only like a profile because you know gene otto was this amazing artist But also, he had heard tell of Robert, so he wanted to learn a little bit about Robert. Um, And they took Robert out, brought him down for this interview. I guess it was kind of off the record. And Gene's friend made a comment like, yeah, you know, I don't know why he kept carrying this, like, fucking shitty-ass doll around. Look at it. It's all fucked. And both the reporter and the friend looked at the doll, and they can both say, wait, I wrote it down in a quote. Hold on. Robert's expression turned to one of disdain. There was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us. Nope. Nope. Okay. So then Annette passed away. The doll got put back in the cedar chest in the attic and left alone. A couple people bought the house in between. So a guy bought it. I think it got left there. After this dude bought it, a family bought it. So a mom, a dad, and a little girl. So they found the doll upstairs and gave Robert to the little girl. The little girl's about 10 years old. Figure, hey, great doll. You know, antique, let her have it. She automatically went, no, that doll's alive. It doesn't like me. It's trying to fucking kill me. I don't want the doll. Get the doll away from me. So they go, okay, and they put it back upstairs. That night, the little girl wakes up and Robert is on her face. Like sitting on her face, not in a cute way. Like in the, I'm trying to suffocate you with my straw and fabric body type way. The doll got put back in the cedar chest upstairs after that. 
And a few years later, they moved. Then there was another owner who found the doll. They died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And then the doll disappeared. They don't know where he went. They couldn't find it in the house. They couldn't do anything. Nobody even like, I mean, I'm sure at that point they're like, what fucking doll? Then a nice lady named Myrtle bought the house and she found Robert. Don't know where, don't know how, don't know where he was hiding. Right. They became friends. Myrtle kind of talked to him like Jean used to. She never said that he talked back, but she definitely said the doll is haunted and he does move around the house, but they kind of tolerated each other. And when she moved out of the house, she took Robert with him. Oh, with her. Okay. She's like, I'm going to take Robert with me. And again, she just talked to him like, you know, hey, you know, what's up? And then in 1994, she donated the doll. She donated Robert the doll to the museum where he now resides. And that is because Gene actually designed the gallery for that museum. His work was supposed to go in this gallery. He helped to design it and renovate it and do everything. So she said, you know, it must be fitting. I'm going to put him here. That makes sense. So that's why he lives there. Gene Otto's house, also known as the Artist House, is now a bed and breakfast. It's located at 534 Eaton Street and was built between 1890 and 1898. And it's so super cute. It's like pink and white and has shutters. Very Key West. Um, Through the years. Since he's been there, people have seen him move on his own. They've seen him laugh. I don't know how you see somebody laugh, but they've seen it. They've also seen him throw objects across the room. I hate that. I hate it. (laughs) It's not fun. (sighs) They brought paranormal investigators in to hang out and watch him. And they caught on video Robert's chest rising and falling like he's breathing. And they even said that they could feel little hands touching their legs isn't he in like so a like, case or something or is he just hanging out yeah no he's in a case he's in a plexiglass oh okay case that's great on that's a chair wonderful. on a cute Love little it. chair it's not uncommon when you're visiting robert to feel pockets of cold air or get the chill and they've also um, taken pictures and captured orbs that move around the room specifically around robert cool okay <laughs> okay and this is the main takeaway if you take anything away from the robert the doll Everything I've read or heard about Robert the doll is that he's a stickler for manners. So when you show up, you know, if you want to take his picture, bitch, you better ask permission. Like, hi, Robert. Nice to meet you. Can I please take your picture? And supposedly he answers somehow. Whether he shudders, his face changes. Yes, his face changes. Look at the pictures on our website. You can see like different angles of his face. Make it look like he has a completely different demeanor. Creepy. So people who disrespect Robert the doll report to have a shit ton of bad happens in the next days, weeks, or even months. So this could be like a little ticking time bomb for a hot second. You don't know what's coming. Issues that people have had include, but are not limited to mechanical issues, accidents, strange occurrences, and misfortune. Some report things as little as lost luggage, broken bones, all the way up to divorce, financial ruin, and some report being hit by lightning. Oh, no. Yeah. There are even some reports of death. Like some guy got Robert the doll tattooed to his like arm or leg or something. And in three days he died. He had like a massive heart attack. Did Robert like, did he know about the (laughs) tattoo or like, was it just like a. You know, next time I see him, I'll ask him. I mean, Jesus. Should write him a letter. Because the walls around his enclosure where he like lives in his room. They are papered with apology notes 
and letters and oh offerings from people goodness. who had taken his picture, did not ask permission, and then they have this misfortune. So then they write him apology notes and either send the picture back. There are people who leave him candy. There are people who leave him weed. There are people who leave him toys. And they're like, hey, man, I am so sorry. Or, hey, I'd love to take your picture. Here's a Hershey bar. Um, hope huh. that's okay. Does the apology and work? I think so. Robert has left the museum, I've seen, two times. Once he went to TapsCon. Oh, yeah. What you said it before, Ghost the Hunters. Ghost Hunters. We were, yeah, we were just talking about them. <laughs> we were just talking about that. So they went to TapsCon in Tampa Bay. So it's a paranormal investigation conference. And he also visited our buddy Zach Bagel Bites <laughs> at the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. I'm Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach Bagans, lead <laughs> investigator. <laughs> so I actually watched um, an episode. Zach's had a show for a hot second called Deadly Possessions. And Robert the Doll was on the first episode. So it's the Dybbuk box, which oh, I'll okay. cover the Dybbuk box at some point. And then, <laughs> and then it was Robert. So Robert comes in with his current handler and she's holding him. They put him on this cute little thing. And I don't think I've ever seen in any episode Zach be so giddy. He's like, oh, my God. That's Robert the Doll. Like, I'm Zach Bagan. I'm Zach with Robert the Doll. Like, <laughs> and this is, this, oh. when we get our cease and desist from uh, the Ghost Adventures crew, we'll let you all know. But, so, yeah, he hung out there as the first episode, and she, the handler goes through everything, like, you know, everything I told you about people having to write notes because they took pictures, all the misfortune, all that stuff. So, for some reason, Zach has, like, this crazy butler walk-in who, like, gets scared of... The doll is like, <gasps> like that and like runs away. And the handler's like, he needs to come back and apologize. So Zach has to get up, go get this old guy. I think they called him Theodore. And he's like, Theodore, you got to go apologize. Get back and in here. <laughs> I'm Zach Biggins. You have to apologize to my new friend, Robert oh the doll. <laughs> so Theodore comes back in and goes, I'm very sorry. I, I know that must have been very rude. I was just startled to see you sitting here. Didn't realize you'd be here. I'm very sorry, Robert. And he just sat there staring at him. And Zach looked at the handler and was like, you think that's good enough? And she goes, yeah, I'm sure he appreciated that. And the guy goes, okay, I'm really sorry again. And like, I'm telling you, fucking shuffled his old ass right out of that room so fast. And I was like, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> So that's uh, Robert the Doll on Deadly Possessions. And they made a movie, big Hollywood movie in 2016 called The Curse of Robert the Doll. It didn't huh. get the best reviews. Yeah, I know. You've that's never probably why it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it didn't get the best reviews. But there is a feature film out there all about Robert. Huh. And that is everything that I know about Robert the Doll. Oh, my God. He, now I, like, want to apologize because I called him terrifying. So Robert the Doll, I'm very sorry Please. that we kind of made fun of you. It wasn't really in a bad way. Like I was we, just a little startled. Yeah, because there's a lot of information. There's a lot of stuff. Jesus. Yeah, so that's um, Robert the Doll who lives in Key West. Oh, my God. And if you've ever gone to see Robert the Doll, ever had to write a letter or left him weed, please make sure to tell us. Feel free to email us at, what is it, deathbeforebooze at gmail.com. 
And awesome. then I will read it in a listener episode. Whenever yeah. You well, actually, so. it's an interesting segue because you have a motion picture on Robert the Doll. And my case is a little bit team death this week. And we're talking about the Pain and Gain movie with uh, <gasps> Marky Mark and Rock. And yeah, so this, I actually have to give this to Sam because I literally was like, oh, there's a bunch of cases I could figure out to do near Robert. But Sam was like, check this one out. I've never seen the movie, but after doing this case, I, I don't know if I want to. It's, it's, um, it's a lot. So I'm gonna just kind of put that disclaimer on for a little bit because it's just bizarre. And like the entire time I was researching it, I just kept going, this is freaking bananas. Like this whole thing is out of control. It just gets worse. It's just like a train wreck and it's terrifying. So they are actually called Sun Gym Gang. It was a bodybuilder gym. So I actually put up pictures on the, the, the drive because this type of a gym is not for the Planet Fitness guys. This is for the the bodybuilder people who are going to competitions. Um, they're the ones getting greased up. And it's more like the guys in the okay. little Speedos and their veins are popping out. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all like orange because they put too much yes. fake tan on. Okay. Yep. I know so where we're going with this. This is how, this is that type of a gym. So, and it's kind of, see, based on the atmosphere of the gym, you don't really want to go. So... <laughs> The case, I have to, again, put this up at the front. The case involves kidnapping, murder, extortion, attempted murder, and dismemberment. So eventually we're going to get to the dismemberment, and it's um, I'll, I'll try my best to breeze by that. So John okay. Meese was the owner of the gym. He was a bodybuilder himself, so he opened the gym in 87 because he thought, you know, I, I want to promote the sport the problem was it was taking away from his real job so the gym was kind of needing more money so he needed somebody else to come in also it didn't really occur to him to care that his employees and the trainers that he hired they were arrested for possession of cocaine uh, methamphetamines murder um, and they stole from the gym so it's a free-for-all it seems in there Um, i was wondering why his gym was going under right so According to one of the articles, this was like the best way to sum it up. Within its walls, a world of beautiful bodies, drugs, and sex. So we can kind of get where we're going. This, not a great, not a, not a, I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's dirty. Sounds like a club in New York. Yeah, it makes me feel dirty. So Daniel Lugo came in and I think he's Marky Mark in the uh, the movie. I did put, I did put on the drive, like there's, the Rock, Anthony Mackie, um, who, listen, I love Anthony, I love Anthony Mackie. So it's oh. him, Marky Mark, and uh, The Rock. And I did put in who they played. So Daniel Lugo came in. He had been arrested before for fraud and extortion. Yeah. He did some time. So he's like, I'll help you out. So he became the manager, brought in a whole bunch of other guys. Lugo is the center of everything. We have to go to the first victim, who is Mark Schiller. And Mark Schiller and Jorge or George Delgado were in business together. And this is these two guys. They were both really close. They started their own business together. It was an investment company. Schiller admitted to Delgado that he had committed fraud, Medicare, and Medicaid type of stuff before. So this guy knows a lot about Schiller. He knows the passcodes on his house. He knows where to find all the money that he has. He knows all of his you know, private bank accounts overseas. So they're close. Oh my God. But 
but stupid. You only it's only one sided. That's the problem is that Mark said all of this stuff and then Delgado was just like, Okay, cool, I'm writing that down for later, but I'm not showing you my hand. So that, that's how it starts bad. Stupid. So Delgado stupid. meets Lugo because he was his trainer. They got closer. Lugo is a scumbag, but Delgado really liked him, latched on to him a little bit. So then when Delgado told him about this business, Lugo wanted to be involved. So he went to business meetings and Mark Schiller was like, I don't really trust this guy. He started to kind of distance himself from Delgado because he's like, I don't like him. I don't want to go to meetings with him. Schiller found out that Lugo and Delgado were depositing a lot of money into the accounts, but money that wasn't being earned from the business. So then finally, Mark was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So amicably ended the business together. And it actually ends up being that Schiller lost like 10 grand by exiting the business because he just was like i just want to get the hell out of here delgado but he took his check very rudely left the whole thing before they parted schiller had said to him listen if you're gonna keep hanging out with lugo he's gonna destroy you like that's the type of guy he is so despite that lugo kept kind of being in delgado's ear and he's like how can that scumbag he owes you so much more money like what the hell so this is where the plot starts. So they okay. get involved with Adrian Dorball. He was a trainer with Delgado. So they decide, him and another guy, Stevenson Pierre, Lugo approaches them and says, hey, you want to make a hundred grand for two days of work? And they're like, hell yeah. Like, what do we got to do? Let's go. What am I doing? We're kidnapping a guy and we're going to take his money. And they're like, cool. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> cool. What? <laughs> cool. What about yep. pumping the brakes? Let me think about right? this. I Let should me... ask my wife, maybe my mom. Let me talk to a These lawyer. These are not the type know. of guys who do that. So they agreed. And the reason why they agreed is because Lugo was like, this guy, he owes him over 200 grand. Like he owes him money. Now, Wasn't Schiller. 10 grand? Schiller doesn't owe him anything because he paid him what the plate cream break was. <gasps> so he doesn't owe him shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Just leave him alone. So, well, no, because then Lugo kept, oh, he owes you way more than that. That company was worth way more. It doesn't matter because they know he's got lots of money. Delgado was in his house, knows all his codes, everything. So this is already not good. So, okay, but their plans suck. They just, (laughs) like. Enter Hollywood. Okay. What they do is kind of like they watched a crime movie and were like, okay, let's do that. And it's Hold ne- on. Is this like the Iceman? You know, he read one fucking murder yes. mystery yes. fucking magazine and is like, I'll rip out his teeth and cut yep. off his fingers. Yeah. The best criminal ever yep. now. That's what happened. Yes. Cool. Except they cool. know they're terrible criminals because the first, here's how the first plan went. They decided, okay, we're going to get him comes out to get his mail okay so they're dressed up in black and they've got camo makeup on okay and it's like nighttime and they're crawling around his yard they're this is Florida. not this is not a joke this is happening yeah so now passing cars come by and it kind of spooks them so they run off but not before they yell abort abort 
They yell that? Yeah. To Did this guy hear him? Did no. they hear him? No. He wasn't outside. They were just getting ready in the position, but a car passed by, so they were like, oh, no, we can't do it now because there's people watching. But I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. So, I'm so I, glad we're going to pay them a hundred grand for this. Eventually, after the second one, they they got their crap together. So they eventually did. They grabbed him. They punched him. They threw him in the van and they took him to a warehouse. Quick. I know that that kind of happened quick. Like the, the failed attempts were just like, what the fuck? So he they told him, listen, get your wife and your kids out of there because we want access to your house. So he did call his wife and he says, take the kids and go to Columbia because that's where his wife is from. Everyone keeps saying, why didn't she call the cops? She's from Colombia, and she was afraid that if she had gotten the cops involved, that she could have been deported. So, oh, and this okay. is something that happens a lot where she's from. So she just assumed it was just yeah. going to be one of those type of things. And then they'll give him back and everything will be great. But meanwhile, she took the kids and ran, which makes sense. So they had access to his house. So she was just scared. And I, I get it. I, I can see it from her point of view, too. So what was supposed to be a two-day kidnapping turned into, like, a week or so where they just had him in the warehouse. And they're going through all of his bank accounts. He's signing over all of his assets and everything to them. So now they're like, we want to kill him for insurance money because they had a grand scheme with that. But it didn't go through with the insurance money because I... I I know a little bit about insurance. You can't take out a policy unless you're like connected to them. So like, they didn't really think that through. They don't think a lot of things through. This group is stupid. It might be the cocaine. I don't know. I mean, it could could it be the there. steroids because that always fucks with you too. So they decided now we're going to kill him. And they had a plan to make it look like it was a DUI. Oh my God, I remember this from the movie. They <laughs> force fed him alcohol. Okay. okay. They put him in his car. And then they proceeded to, like, make sure the car drove straight into a telephone pole. And oh, that my didn't, God. Yes. Now, that didn't kill him. So they were like, okay, now we, have to, now we have to do it again. But during that time, Schiller ends up rolling out of the car and running off. And this is not part of the plan. So then they panicked and were like, okay, now we have to figure something else out. So they get into their cars and they chase after him in their cars and they hit him with their cars and they pin him against the wall of they a building know that that's not uh-huh. like a dui looks like uh-huh. they com- okay i'm just like I- no they that they're, they're they're not very bright i'm gonna run him over and put him back in the car i i don't even like, know what are you gonna do with the body so there? now they're still looking for a murder like so they pinned him against the wall with one of the cars. Now he's still alive. He's still clinging to life. So they're like, we got to hit him again. So they, they back up and they're ready to do it again until there's passing cars that come by. And they're like, shit, we got to go. Like, we can't be here. So this cars, is, man. it's freaking, cr- they're easily spooked and no backup plan, like none whatsoever. But the craziest part about this whole thing, okay, the cops eventually come, they bring him in, John Doe, because they were like, we don't know who this guy is. They bring him in, they have him surgeries and all that. The gang calls the hospital to make sure where he is. They go to said hospital with the intention of killing him at the hospital. 
in the hospital? Are they fucking stupid? That was their plan. Stupid. That was their plan. So they didn't get there because he was transferred to another hospital, thankfully. Oh, okay. So Schiller, when he got out of the hospital, he went to Colorado, which again, he can't go home. They have access to his house. He's not going to go there. So he goes to Colorado. He calls the police and he's like, this happened to me. The cops are like, this is too bizarre. I don't believe you. Why didn't he call when he was in the hospital? Why didn't the hospital call? Like, hey, we have this guy here who got hit by a car. In the movie, he's Tony Shalhoub who gets his ass kicked. So, I mean, in the movie, the cops come and they're like, you're fucking lying. And he's like in the hospital. Yes. Going, no, it really happened. They're yes. coming to kill me. But I didn't yes. know we went to Colorado and called and the cops are like, what the fuck are yeah. we going to do now? Like, you're in Colorado. How are we going to help you? But Why that also go to Colorado and not see anything? He, well, I assume probably how it went was similar to the movie where they were like, this happened. And they're like, we don't really believe you. Like, it kind of seems like you're overdoing it. Kind of seems like this is crazy. Colorado, he hired a PI, Ed Dubois, to investigate. Now, Ed eventually pulls it together and gets the cops on board. But before then... The gang has to have another crime because they're not done. So bring in Frank Riga and his girlfriend, Christina Horton. Griga was from Hungary. So Hungary, he came to the U.S., had the perfect American dream. He made his fortune on making a phone sex empire. He came over here with nothing and he built an empire. And that's amazing. And that's great. Doorball, Adrian knew him and knew he was rich so he was like listen we got to target this guy no plan was really in place here because the plan was they were going to kidnap him and then his girlfriend happened to be there the plan wasn't to kill him it was to do the similar thing that they did with schiller where to get all his account information all that kind of stuff whatever okay unfortunately doorbell went a little too crazy and killed him so now we have a problem <laughs> so now he's now dead we- I'm sorry. Dorbo is Adrian. He is Adrian. friends with Lugo. They know each okay, other because they're the gym. Yes. Is this one of the guys for the hundred thousand dollars for two days work? Back on board. And now he accidentally kills him. But when you're on steroids and you're angry, I suppose this this happens. So they were like, all right, well, now we have a problem because his girlfriend watched the whole thing. So they Yeah. So unfortunately for oh, Christina, no. I know it's it's not great. I have pictures of the two of them on the drive because again, it's unfortunate. They gave her three doses of rompun, which is a horse tranquilizer, which what three doses was fatal for her. So she. Oh, yeah. honey. Now they have to now figure out. Okay, they're both in the apartment. What do we do? So this is where they dismember the bodies these they dismember them they put they you know put them in the drums the typical serial killer thing oh, I don't like it. Yeah. and then they kind of like get rid of them now it took golden state pd eight days after their disappearance because like they're missing people is for the police to go wait a minute is this kind of familiar to that other case and the pi ed dubois is like yeah so let's Figure it out. So that kind of when the police, let's do some digging now because maybe he was telling the truth. So. Oh my God. Yeah. It took a while, but they did eventually catch them. Not believing a victim. Right. So when Lugo was caught first, he was like, listen, I'm going to give you information on the other guys. 
by doing that, I'm hoping that you'll put in a good word and it'll lighten my sentence. So he revealed to them where the body parts were. However, he revealed to them the place where anything but identifying body parts were. So no head. Oh, that was kind of smart. No feet. No, no hands. No fingers. Nope. So, and they're That's like. The smartest thing I think they've fucking done this whole goddamn time. Yeah. And they're like. We're, but we can't tell that it's them. And he's like, well, I I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, the other body parts weren't my weren't my weren't right. my responsibility. This is what I did. This Here's is my work for the group right. project. I don't know what everybody else did. I did my part. Right. Thank you. So Borton was identified. Are you ready for this? Go ahead. The serial number on her breast implants is how they identified her. That part was real? Yes. <gasps> they really have serial numbers on them? My apparently. Real, but like, apparently. I didn't know that, right? I didn't Isn't know that crazy? That? Like, that's nuts. Yeah. But that's yes. how they identified her. And they were oh like, well, God. this has got to be him. Because and to this day, they never were able to find the other parts. Yeah. They don't know where they are. Just fucking gone. Because none of no one else seemed to know or they gave them information, but it wasn't correct. They know. Or they're like, oh, no, it was maybe here. Like, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, well, I put it over there. And then, like, they can't remember because they're freaking idiots. So oh my God. I think the rock in the movie, he, like, barbecues a hand or something. He is the one who he's portrayed as Adrian Dorval. So he is the muscle. Okay. So... The trials were done simultaneously with two juries. And I actually looked this up according to the Florida bar because I was curious as to see what does that mean. So they do joint trials uh, with multiple defendants because one jury might not be enough to listen to both sides and to resolve the defendant's case. It's most common in trials where one defendant confesses and throws the other ones under the bus. So one jury listens okay. to their story. The other one listens to the other. So that it, it guess it makes sense why they were done because Lugo turned on all of them was like, F everybody else. I'm going to save myself here. It didn't really okay. happen that way, but it was just interesting. They had one jury listen to Lugo. The second were to listen to the evidence against Lugo. So that makes okay, sense. Okay. So quick question. Sure. Sorry. These two court cases are happening simultaneously like at this in the same courtroom at the same time no and then they I, just make the people leave and come in or is i think that they're happening in two separate rooms um and okay. two separate courthouses it would make sense that way because then they can say like here's his story yeah and then that way because then they're also thinking like one jury might not be enough to handle one of the cases so Got the it. outcome okay. for them. Now, again, the, all the rest of the guys that were involved, I didn't really think it was necessary for me to go through it because Lugo, Dorball, and Delgado were the main three. Um, Lugo was indicted on 46 counts of miscellaneous. Like, there was an entire list of stuff. I was like, I'm not going to say all that. Was cocaine on the list? Were roids on the list? I mean, was murder on the list? Murder was definitely on the list. <laughs> um <laughs> He pled guilty, but they still sent him to death row. <gasps> yes. No. Yeah. So usually when really? you plead. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I was kind of like, oh, usually when you plead guilty, that kind of gets the you. The whole point is so you're not on death yeah. row. Yeah. Like, but I guess 46 like counts. Like 46 counts is a lot of stuff. But he only killed two people. 
and he kidnapped another guy with the intention oh, of murdering him. Yeah, see, he comes back in because okay. he's not happy. So yeah, he didn't do um, too good. Okay. No. So Dorball was sentenced to death, but it was overturned to a life sentence in 2017, which that surprised me because Florida has capital punishment. Like in Connecticut, we don't have that. So why yeah. would they overturn a death sentence? You know, like I know that in um, 2012, they overturned a lot of death sentences, but why in Florida? It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, Elgato testified for the state against the other two because technically he didn't really have a hand in the actual murders, but he like orchestrated Schiller and all that. So he got two prison terms, um, five years and 15. He only served seven years, but okay. he was rearrested for theft six years later. So he didn't really learn much of a lesson. So. Oh, dumbass. So Fucking stupid. Yeah. So this is kind of where we come to the end of our tale because everything's wrapped up nice, great. And I, again, your heart goes out to the victims because their family members in a couple of articles were just like, you know, they had such potential. He was the, he was the, the, you know, the quintessence of like a, 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 american dream story like he was it like he was and it's like he didn't yeah. do anything wrong like other than cross paths with this guy who this guy might have met him one time you know it's not so schiller watched the movie pain and gain when it came out oh okay so this is yeah. so this, this is, is this okay. is yeah he was not happy with how he was depicted now again what he didn't like looking like a complete utter <laughs> buffoon and an asshole and a jerk yes and a chauvinistic prick he didn't mm-hmm. like that he didn't yeah. like that he fake dildos and shit that was now, his thing again his name was changed in the movie right that was i have no idea that's why i keep looking at you i keep trying to think like picture in the movie who's who Remember Lugo? That's the only name I remember. The names, that's I went like, to school with I think, a family Lugo. I think his name was changed, and it was the only one. They actually left the actual okay. victims' names in there, which, again, I get it. Really? Yeah. So Christine and I don't know about that. I I, I think it, I would have changed their names. You know, I I guess I mean, you could have just googled it. I guess so. There's really. I mean, if you say based on a true story and the criminals' names are out, like you're gonna get the other people. Like change yeah. their names for the families. You know, like. Hollywood made it's a movie. They if somebody wants to know, they can Google it. Hollywood like made money on shit. this. Like, who doesn't go see a movie with Marky Mark and The Rock if you're an action fan? Like, you know? Yeah. So like, that's right. So he was pissed because he's like, they depicted me to be a bad person, a complete idiot, and just yes, like a did. complete jerk. And we remember from the beginning. Now I'm not victim blaming, but he did commit fraud. So he is kind of a scumbag in that sense, but nobody deserved what he went through. So he's like, no. they made me look really bad, but they made my assailants look like just bumbling idiots like da, 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 da. and yes, and like, oh, we feel bad for them. No, they're scumbags. Like they like like so he wasn't happy. Now he wrote a book because usually everybody does. And I found I found the description interesting, so I wanted to share that. So the the book is called Pain and Gain, How I Survived and Triumphed. Okay, so the description is, Schiller shows how he survived the ordeal exploring life lessons he learned while capture and during recovery, and during recovery. And some quotes about the book. It's uplifting and inspiring. And this is a book of wisdom you can carry and use for the rest of your life. 
Okay, listeners, Death Before Booze will be starting a book club. Yeah. Our first read will be Pain and Gain. <laughs> how I how I Mark, survived. What was his name? Mark Schiller. Mark Schiller. Schiller story. Yeah. How he survived. Apparently, it's it's all the trials and tribulations. Now, again, I, I'm not trying to make fun of this, but I, when I read the description and the quotations about it, I was like, you know, something just doesn't. I just I feel like I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like he. It's too much. Like, I don't know. I just think it's too much. There are people who write books about their experiences, but they're not like, it's a, it's a triumphant story about all of the, like, I don't, I don't, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I just kind of got weird. I mean, I guess think about it this way. Okay. Like, I can't even think of like another victim who escaped because like I said, this is kind of one of those stories, like. He wasn't the greatest person. I'm sure right. he didn't deserve what he got at the same time. Like, I totally right. agree with all of that. But it's not like, I mean, I don't know. I, it just, I'm very excited to read it because oh <laughs> I'm going to go to the library and Good get it. Good for you. You can read that because I <laughs> don't know. i all about it. Again, after kind of going through and researching the whole thing and how crazy it was, I don't even think I want to watch the movie anymore. I feel like it's a little icky. Now I'm like, I'm like I don't, I don't know. I'm watching it. I, I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to go on my prime, turn on my Marky Mark in The Rock. And Anthony and Mackie. The and Rock watch. sing in the choir at the end. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> See, this is yeah. the reason why, like, I can't. He sings oh in, the, in the, like, prison choir. The movie is a fever dream. And that's why when I heard it was based on a true story, I was like, bitch, you have to cover this. It's a fucking fever dream. It's. I mean, it's it's something. It's definitely something. I just like, I just I find it very weird that he's like, I found Jesus, and then they're like, how about murder? And he's like, cool. Like you couldn't have found Jesus very much because like uh, they gave him cocaine first. That's what happened. Yeah, I guess it's the cocaine. So yeah. Oh my god. So that's that's uh, that's Florida. <laughs> so that's, wow. That's Florida. Great job. But we'll probably Great come back. Job. We'll Florida probably come back. To, we'll probably come back to Florida at some point because there's some crazy shit that goes down up there. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll be visiting Florida quite often. <laughs> oh, definitely. We just kind of did a sneak wow. peek for you. So what did we learn today? Don't do cocaine, kids. They, and don't bring freaking dolls home that are freaking weirdos. Like, no. You don't need a doll. If it's not fully plastic like Barbie, you yeah. don't need it. I think that's a good enough. I think so. I, I think that's a yeah. good lesson to learn from yeah. this experience. I think we should leave everybody with that. <laughs> Great. That's, that's life lessons from Jen and Sam. We got this. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming back for Yay! episode three. We love that you listened with us yeah, today. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our social, Facebook and Instagram. I We definitely have a Pinterest. I haven't put anything on there, but <laughs> I just love Pinterest. Uh, make sure you rate, review and subscribe. Uh, we are on Apple. We are on Spotify, Amazon, I believe Google Podcasts and iHeart Radio yeah. Podcasts. We're on all of those now. Um, if you can't find us where you normally listen to your podcast, let us know. We're going to make sure we're everywhere so everybody can hear everything we have to say because we're narcissists. And make it's sure important. Our- <laughs> we're very important people. Very busy and important. Uh, make sure you visit our website, www.deathbeforebooze.com. You'll be able to find our merch and our Patreon page. Lots of bloopers from today's episode that will definitely be on there. <laughs> Plus, you know, probably some 
fun behind the scenes stuff with us coming soon. And finally, make sure you send us your crazy, creepy stories to deathbeforebooze at gmail.com. And that's booze, like B-O-O-S, not booze as in spirits. But I guess that really wasn't the way to say it. So did I miss anything? I No, I think we're good. Well, come back for episode four. All right. We got some good stuff next episode. Bye. Bye.